Welcome to the Try Catch podcast brought to you by EI2. I'm Stacey Kozicek, and I'm a business analyst on Team Impact here at Farm Credit Services of America. On today's episode, I meet with three lead developers and a leader to learn about how experimentation is incorporated on their teams. We talk about experiments that their teams have done and are currently doing, roadblocks to experimentation, and their takes on failed experiments. Listen in. Welcome to today's TriCatch episode. Before we get started, let's have our guests introduce themselves. I'm Justin Sodders, lead developer on Team Ignite. Anthony Carlson on Team Mojo, lead application developer. Jeremy Williams, lead application developer on Team Prime. I'm Patrick Wolf. I'm the team leader for Team Discovery. Great, thanks, and thank you all for joining me today. We're here today to talk about how our teams experiment on a daily basis. Experimentation doesn't have to be a big multi-day hackathon, right? Those events are fun, energizing, and you can learn a lot from them, but you don't have to have a formal event to experiment. I'd love to hear from you guys on how you make that happen. What are some of the ways that you implement experimentation on your teams? So on uh, Team Ignite, our team has set up a weekly two-hour block on Friday afternoons to encourage experimentation and innovation on our team. The meeting is set up with a different team member running the meeting each week. And then the team member is free to present on any topic they think would be interesting to the team or be beneficial to an application that we're working on. That sounds cool. How has that gone so far? Uh, it's gone good. Um, we've uh, worked on a couple different things. For example, one of them recently was a tool called Launch Darkly. And um, we're using that for experimentation and feature flagging within our application. Team Discovery is a fairly new team. Started about a little less than a year ago. Uh, we're in application development. We are uh, a GIS team, which is geographic information systems. So we work primarily with spatial-based data that has like a location with it. So there are lots of different ways you can house that data and access that data. But one of the primary platforms for that is through a vendor called Esri. So uh, we signed a contract with Esri about a year ago to mm-hmm. utilize their software to help create APIs and data stores for spatial data. So being that it's a third-party platform, it doesn't necessarily fit into an enterprise model that mm-hmm. uh, Farm Credit's application development teams work through. So what we're trying to do for the most part is to get that third-party platform to work and feel just like any other software that we've developed in-house. Surprisingly, for being like the biggest dog on the block when it comes to spatial data infrastructure, they don't really provide a lot of enterprise-friendly tooling. So right now we're just spending a lot of time, especially the last six months, just figuring out ways to make that platform work in an enterprise environment that has multiple environments where you can make a change in one environment and then promote that change through like an automated process up through to production. So yes, but we just, we innovate all the time without really having to be forced into it or having to. So like not formalized. Yeah, it's very informal. Um, It just happens all the time. Awesome. Team Prime is kind of a lot like that. We do have, we have a a daily tech huddle that happens right before our stand-up so the developers can all sit around and it it is a sitting meeting. We're very adamant about that. (laughs) But yeah, we get around and talk about what technical challenges are on our way. And as much as anything, sharing what we did recently to solve a particular problem so that that knowledge sharing, I think, uh, helps us a lot with experimentation. And it's just using kind of any of the tools that are at hand uh, a lot of us will throw together a console app, or if we're having a little problem with some JavaScript, just put a quick web page together on our own machine. Some of us make pretty heavy use of our Azure account 
that we all have access to mm -hmm. so that we can try things out. So pretty much whatever's at hand that lets us do that day to day. It's a very ingrained within the, the workday process. Yeah. Does that sound pretty much what like other teams are doing? Yeah, Team Ignite, we do that as well. We have a morning, not a sit down, I guess developer huddle is what we call it. I think Anthony, you coined that or started that, mm -hmm. that trend and uh, that's been very beneficial to our team. People can bring up things they got stuck on or ways they solved ideas and then share that with the team. Yeah, Team Impact mm -hmm. does tech time is what we call them daily. And I, I go to those and I actually find them interesting because I'm not technical. I don't have a coding background, but I still learn a ton about what's going on. I get familiar with some of the struggles they're dealing with that I wouldn't hear about otherwise. We used to do these tech huddles on a weekly basis and they felt super formal when we did them. Like you'd be in a conference room and you'd have to present and people were like, I don't necessarily have anything important enough to present today. But when we started doing them daily, everybody's been participating because it's just, hey, this is what I just worked on yesterday. It doesn't have to be this monumental thing. A few years ago, what, what really started the, we called it our dev huddle and our team our, our developers meet every day for a half hour from nine to nine thirty, mm -hmm. and what you know, what problem were we trying to solve? It was there is so much going on on a project that it's impossible to have weekly code reviews. If you do mm -hmm. it every two weeks, it's too late. It's massive uh, at that yeah, point, right there. And then it's also just the ability to share what you're working on, mm -hmm. because one of those things that always bothered me was we say we're a team. Yet, you'll, all the time, we'll go, oh, wait, I have no idea how that works because that's not what I'm working on. Right. So if something comes up and the person's out, then you just have no idea what yeah, to do when and, you get into those silos. Yeah, and people just shrug their shoulders and go, oh, he's not here today. Maybe wait till tomorrow. Right. And those are poor excuses for how a team. So really, the experiment was, how can you get people to to talk and share about what they're doing? Because that is sometimes, it, it is uncomfortable. I'll, I'll throw out a, another thing that's been really big for us on our current project is user feedback. So the experiment is basically we had two or three different ways that we could try to create a feature. So what we'd do is we'd pick one, we'd put that feature out, and it would get as far as integrated mm -hmm. environment. And then uh, we have a small group of testers that can come in and look at that and say, yep, this is working. I like the way this came out. I like the way this came out. So this has really helped us, especially with like user experience, where we're being conscious about, we'll, we'll just pick a direction, we'll go and, and be very happy if we get feedback that says, let's pick a different direction. So you guys are in leadership type roles. Is there anything special you guys do to encourage experimentation on your teams that we haven't talked about yet? I think for me, it's a lot of just giving permission to spend yeah. time that could be a waste. And then also... Or perceived waste. Like it's not shouldn't yeah. be a so, an right. actual waste. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, a lot, you know, giving permission to fail and, and have mm -hmm. that time, you know, potentially be for nothing. But part of it, too, is managing the expectation of business owners, too. So they're, yeah. they're at stand-ups. They're hearing about potential failures that came out of something that you've tried and just encouraging them to keep doing that and having the business owners also see that, you know, that's it's permitted. It's, it's part of the culture. It's what we want to do. For our team, uh, it's just an act of demonstrating experimenting. So if I have a thought on how we can do something, I will just put together a quick little prototype or page or whatever it is, and then get everybody in a huddle and we'll have a conversation about it. Just kind of try to push forward that this is just something we normally do. Yeah. Make it, make it an everyday occurrence. And then kind of like what, what AC was saying, when they can see other people are, are putting themselves out there and, and, and kind of, hey, look at my code, as sloppy as it is and, and, and the things that could be wrong with it, 
everybody else seems to feel a little more comfortable about doing the same. You know, Patrick brought up that, you know, it's like a perceived, like, when do I have time to experiment? And sometimes what I've seen, especially on Team Mojo, is a lot of times it gets to where something is just painful. When we first started, we had these Android, iOS, and .NET builds. And did the email, did you get an email from this one? Did it really kick off? Uh, Did it deploy all these things? And until someone takes 10 minutes to go prove something, just like Jeremy said, just make a page and, and show them then the time's useful, even if the time is spent on stuff that doesn't go to production. That's another thing. Things that live on a dev server or on a shared work server or the cloud or wherever you have it, sometimes those are the best things to experiment when you have to see something that's just everyone's struggling with. And sometimes it's as simple as moving a file, trying to find a different way to communicate, such as a dashboard that has all your builds on right. it. Things like that are, are great ways. But it is, is, hey, should I be doing that after work? Is that my weekend project? Mm-hmm. Is that my lunch? And some of that's also like just, is that personal drive or is that team drive to try to go do something? Because just what, you know, Patrick made a great point. You know, it's like business owners, you know, every once in a while we hear, we need to get stuff done faster, better. It needs to get delivery dates. And then it's like, well, I really want to learn about machine learning. And maybe that solves something. Maybe I want to learn about AI. It's blockchain. You know, we throw any other buzz. I, hey, I'd like to learn a little more about GIS. But should I go, but you're hey, not working on mapping right now. Yeah, so. I'm not working on <laughs> mapping. Or it's like, hey, Nathan. He goes, yeah, how about 6 o'clock? Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe I don't really want to learn about mapping today. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's that time to experiment. What causes you to go do this, do something like right. that? But you also alluded to the info radiator that your team built that has your display of how the builds and if they were successful or not. I, don't, I have no idea how much time that took. You can maybe say that, but there's multiple teams using that now. So it might have taken a day or two to build out, maybe a week, but there was this big impact that my team uses. I know all the teams on the upstairs use, so... Like it served its purpose for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a second. Thing. Oh, it's a second floor thing. <laughs> we haven't we haven't made it downstairs. Make its way down to the right. the other. Yeah. So how long so, did that take? So right there, well, it it probably took about a day because is there an API that tells you that tells you when the Mac is built done and what? Yeah. Uh, and then it was, is there one for Jenkins? Is there yeah. an API? And then it's like, well, all those tools have dashboards. Well, they all have dashboards that we didn't like because I just want to know. Right. And uh, you red, multiple places. Yeah, red or green, did it go through? And then the other part of that was, did anyone check their email? All my bills go to my delete folder. I haven't looked at a bill email for, <laughs> for years. Or put it in Slack or Teams. Do you look it in there? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know. So that's what really really that's caused awesome. it. You make something painfully, you know, make it visible. You try to do this this red, yellow, green that, that's been talked about forever. And, and you see if people like it. And, you know, people have done. It is out there. Anyone can do what they want with it and add to it just as long as you don't break everyone else. You know, you can go add a different build to it. You can add pictures, music, whatever it is that you need to show that things are working. But that that all came because of that problem of we, no one knew when the latest build was out there. Anthony, before you were talking about personal drive versus the team drive and, you know, how that innovation comes to be. And something interesting that I saw on our team is we have somebody that's very passionate about machine learning. And they've given a few different talks on that. And it's actually expanded to the rest of our team. Yeah. And now it's become a team passion to do that. And now we're looking at expanding that and how do we apply that to our current application that we're working on. So I thought that was kind of a, a neat thing that came out of that. I think one of the things too I was going to mention earlier is I've seen like developer on our team get 
beat down or dejected from like failing multiple times in a row and just continuing to hit roadblocks. And so from my perspective, like I totally believe in what he's trying to pursue. And so just encouraging, like, I know you can do it. I know there's a way. You just got to keep trying. We'll figure it out eventually. And that seems to be enough to kind of keep him going and get him over the hurdles. So you guys did touch on some pretty cool small experiments that worked out well. We don't always take time to brag here, especially across teams. Uh, you might talk about something great that happened on your team and you, maybe your neighborhood hears about it, but here's a really good chance for you guys to brag about something your team's worked on recently or maybe not recently that other teams may not know about. So tell me about a small experiment that your team has run that had a big or surprising impact on a project. Probably the one that I'm most proud of uh, from Team Discovery is dealing with putting, basically putting data structure and services under source control. So typically the way like an Esri API works is that it's based on a data set. So you, you know, you have a, a database, say it's in production or whatever environment, and then you go into the Esri software and you basically point it to that data structure you say, okay, I want to create a service based on that. And so then you have to, it does a bunch of work behind the scenes. It might take a couple hours depending on the type of service that you want, but then it basically can create an API that can be consumed by uh, geospatial apps to consume that geospatial data through an API. Mm -hmm. And so what we were able to do is put all that under uh, source control and automation. First of all, with the SQL database being under Redgate source control, which is really nothing new, but again, kind of doing, putting Esri into that model that we fit into. We, through uh, Octopus builds, we have like a standalone build server that runs Python. It's ArcPy, which mm -hmm. is Esri's version of Python. And then we orchestrate creation of all those services and APIs through, it starts out as like one command that then triggers off a Python script, which then creates all these services. And so that part's been really cool. We're planning to hopefully share that out with the rest of the GIS community to so that people can not have to deal with all the struggles that we dealt with to try to get to that Very point. Cool. Then the next piece that we're working on right now is uh, they have this uh, tool called uh, Web App Builder, which helps you create geospatial mapping applications like super rapidly and quickly. The bad thing is it doesn't allow for source control very easily. You kind of have to jerry-rig it yourself. And so we're working on a process to get that under source control and then also deploy that through Octopus Deploy as well. Those are things that we're I'm super proud of. It's going to help streamline our uh, efficiency down the road. And then also, uh, I'm sure we'll be, probably be giving talks at the Esri Developer Summits on those things down the road. That's awesome. You guys are sharing it with community. Yeah. You could easily just peep it to yourselves, right. and yeah. that's great. Right now, as yeah. far as we can tell, I'm sure there's other companies doing it in some fashion, mm -hmm. but nobody's documented it, nobody's sharing it. So one thing we're hoping to do is really help Esri identify that they're lacking in that space and yeah. they do things to get there. In the meantime, we'll fill that space. And then through that, we'll be helping others as well as help promote farm credit through the process. Very cool. So a few months ago, Team Prime was finishing up the Panorama initial development, which Panorama is the chattel appraisal system, the thing that replaced the old ag value system. One of the nice things about this application is that it's got a, an iPad-friendly user interface for the appraisers to go out to the farms and collect information about, yes, you have these tractors, you have this much in, in grain, you have these uh, livestock types. Mm -hmm. One of the things they wanted was when they go out, they have to verify all the information on their list. So they wanted some kind of a swipe feature. And so the application is a responsive web app. So we had to kind of figure out how to... How to swipe and be responsive. Get swipe and responsive yeah. web app to work all at the same time. So the thing that stood out to me wasn't so much the experiment itself, but how we conducted it. And so we had the business owner and, and another member of the appraisal team who kind of had a lot of input on the old ag value system. And so there were some concerns about how some of the functionality for the swipe would work. So what we did was we just had a, a really basic web app that had 
four sections that you could swipe, and then we just sat down around a Mediascape, and it was hosted on an Azure website mm -hmm. so that they could all do it from their iPads. They didn't have to do any deployments or anything like that through a regular deployment process, so there was none of that friction. And then they would just make suggestions. We would tweak something while they were sitting there. Okay, awesome. reload it, try it again. And so that, pro that quick feedback mm -hmm. process and acknowledging this was just a complete throwaway tool that helped us determine how that functionality should work really, I think, worked out well for us. Yeah, a few months back, uh, we at .NET Core actually wasn't in shop. It's the new uh, framework for developing applications from Microsoft. And we had talked about it was at a level of maturity that we you know we could go to production with. So nobody had written one here at Farm Credit yet. So we decided that we'd make a little sample app and uh, structure it in a way that was similar to how our existing applications work and then see how that would work throughout our environments and prove that out. So we spent uh, a few weeks going through that. Uh, we've ran into some hurdles that the builds and deployments would have to change based on this new architecture around uh, .NET Core. And along the way, we were, a lot of hurdles we ran into, we kind of documented as we went and actually went all the way to production with that. And now we've been sharing that out with a couple of other teams now that have uh, got onto .NET Core. And they can start up a lot more efficient than what we had to do because it took a, a lot to get to that point. The one thing that I think I'm I'm probably most proud of was the the change on on what we have, something called a cow. I don't know if anyone's ever ever uh, stop by a team mojo or you ever see a cow on someone's desk or, or why does someone refer to the, Oh, you're the cow this week that started because, you know, just like a lot of meetings, you know, what do we used to do? It's like, Hey, Patrick, you're the team leader. So hopefully Patrick's up there writing stuff and telling us what we're supposed to do. And if you really get down to that, uh, more than likely, if you look at any type of agile, agile team, project leader, scrum master, they're not the one doing the work. Right. Yeah. And unless you really enjoy that, someone tells you that, oh, you need to pick up card 19468. We started talking about shared responsibility. Could every week one person is in charge of running planning, doing the retro, typical agile type ceremonial type things, but they're also in charge of making sure the info radiator is always green. They're in charge of any type of service links that come up so you keep those distractions away. And what I think that's caused just in terms of team communication every week. So if all, if you know, everyone in this room had one week where you do it, everyone's going to do their planning a little differently. You know, tell me what you do. Uh, maybe start with a brain teaser, start, we'll have a retro onsite, offsite. We'll talk about different, different ways we can facilitate. And some weeks are going, please no service links, please no service <laughs> links. But it also, what this does is that also helps with that does everyone know how to handle something? Because if, if I got a service link, do I know how to fix this? Or at least I can go ask somebody to help me. There's not be by yourself, but it tries to start sharing because that's one of those painful parts. So that was a just a great experiment. And we've been running uh, with that for probably the last three, four years. Mm -hmm. And it's just, this is your week that you lead this. That's really interesting because that layout is definitely not the common layout across teams. So my team doesn't do that. And it's making me think of, are there things that we should be trying out of that? We have some commonalities in like my team. We have a different person running our retros every, every time we have a retro. But to have this person that is the clear cow, as you said it, every week, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yep. Captain of the week. Captain of the week. So I will say our team leader 
brought that from Mojo to Team Prime. So, and it's very extremely effective. You find out that the person who everyone thinks maybe they're quiet, and what happens, you find out, man, this person actually they can lead and and work on their presentation skills, communication, all those things. And and I, I've seen huge benefits from doing it. It's awesome to hear that that Team Prime was forced to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was brought up. We experimented with it, and it stuck. Um, so we talked about time as a roadblock, but I want to get into some other roadblocks. So the app dev leaders here at Farm Credit Services America generally foster a culture of experimentation. But there are times that trying things that are really big and out there may not seem realistic. We talked about earlier that experiments don't have to be huge and drastic, but there are still things that can seem to get in the way. What are some roadblocks that we haven't talked about yet to experimentation that you've come across? So we talked about this a little bit. I brought this up at our we call it the tech huddle mm-hmm. but, and there was a lot of good a lot of good feedback some things that came up were uh besides time uh, mental roadblocks so often the idea comes to your mind and it's it comes in the, in the form of can i do this as opposed to how can i do this uh-huh. and that kind of immediately puts somebody in a position where mm, i don't think it's i can pull it off so I'm just not going to go down that road. Yeah. Um, another one that came up was just inertia. So if we figured out how to do something in one way, shape, or form, and it seems to work, the inertia or, or kind of the motion we're in says, okay, well, we've got a solution and it works. So it Is may that not, really does it really make stop, sense? Yeah. yeah, does it really make sense to try an alternative or, or do you figure some yeah. other way out? So should you ask permission before you do something? Permission versus apologize? Because sometimes the best things are happening when you, you know, you try to stay, I'm going to stay within some limits, but sometimes the best things are when you don't ask, right? Mm-hmm. If long as I, you know, there, there's a lot of things, you know, I say technically that I can do on my machine or like you said, an Azure account or something, because that's what it, that's what used to be the hard part was, Hey, do I need to, do I need to ask for a server, just for example, to go try something, or if if I do something to tight in to make it out run on dev, would everyone else be upset with? Me? And so sometimes the best things you can do is not ask for permission, and that kind of goes back to this, not everything has to go to production. I'll throw out another one, and Patrick brought it up earlier. This one came up, which was really good. That fear of failure. So the idea that if I try this and it doesn't work, that it was a waste of time or I don't want to say embarrassment so much. I don't think anybody said that, but more of a, it just, I, I don't look as good if I tried it and it didn't what I consider succeed. So that, that was a pretty big one that stuck out of my mind can be something that is just a, a roadblock that you basically impose on yourself. I think one of the best, uh, some of the best experiments that I ever did was with uh, the intern team. And you think because we're all seasoned professionals, right? And we kind of get in this mode. And if you take the look of the intern team, where you're bringing four young individuals and you bring them in and you go, hmm, I don't want to work like my team works. Why would I do that to them? You know, and that's probably the most awesome experiment when you're around either the lack of knowledge or you're learning or you're, you're teaching for sometimes where, you know, everyone in this room has probably messed with some form of programming for so many so odd years where, you know, we're, we're used to doing things and just kind of like that. Is there something I'd rather try with uh, someone that doesn't know better than with a bunch of people that do know better? Try not to force because just of our 
own fears. Or that you're just used to just doing things a particular way and yeah. you keep doing them. Yep. This is the way it's supposed way. to yeah. work. So I want them to know how it's right. like, think, try something out that, that you've always been curious about because you know, they don't know any better. Okay. So you've overcome the roadblocks and now you're running an experiment. Things don't go the way you thought they would mm-hmm. and you need to go a different direction. Curious, do you think there's such a thing as a failed experiment? You may not get the outcome you desired, but are you doing it right if you're not at least learning from it? So my first thought on this question was, no, there's not a field experiment. I'm going to learn something from mm-hmm. this. But again, during this conversation this morning, something kind of stood out. Others were presenting it as, yes, there there are failed experiments, but that's okay. Yeah. Yep. And it's really important to make everybody comfortable with try, and it's okay to fail. And the conversation reminded me of, the, if anybody's seen Apollo 13, mm-hmm. um, at one point they called the mission a successful failure. And so that kind of stood out when I we were having that conversation this morning that, yeah, it's absolutely a failure in the experiment, but we still did learn something from it, but it's okay to call it a failure and just great. Okay. Let's move on. I like that. I didn't like the word failed experiment because really every time you're doing an experiment, you're trying to learn something. Right. And it doesn't mean that if it doesn't go to production, it's not a success. Right. Right. So I'm kind of always in the camp that you're doing an experiment just to learn something. And then, from that learning, you know, what do you do with it going forward? Right. So maybe the failure would be if it didn't work the way you wanted it to and you move on and you just forgot about it altogether and didn't try and learn something from it. Right. Like your hypothesis was, you know, X and that didn't work. I guess you could call that a failure. But at the same time, you learned that, right, you learned okay, it wasn't what I thought it was, right? So you still learn something. So at that you, point. maybe the next experiment after that is likely to be more successful or you're going to learn something else from that next one based on what happened in the first one. Right. So that's why I, I always kind of like to say we're just doing experiments, right? There's not success or, fail mm-hmm. or failure either way, I guess. You're always learning something. Another takeaway concept we had was you might call it a failed experiment if you didn't do the experiment. The only silly question is one that's not asked or something like that. But the only experiment that failed is one you didn't try. Yeah, something you didn't gain knowledge from, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap this up with one last topic. What experiment are you doing on your team right now? Shane and my team is working on putting this kind of a no-code or low-code app builder tool under source control. So again, that's something that isn't really done right now. We've even had conversations with developers at Esri, and they kind of have some workarounds, but nothing that they're willing to share out. Mm-hmm. And so you know, digging deep in the bowels of this application builder, you can figure out that really there's only a handful of files that are really configuration files that really build out these apps. And so we're storing those under source control. And then we're creating this build process that essentially kind of builds the app around it and then gets it to be deployable and then promotable through environments with Octopus, kind of like our standard process. But it's taking a lot of conversations between our team as far as just brainstorming, how can we try to tackle this thing? We've gone down a couple of paths that just didn't work. We tried one deployment method that didn't work. And after talking with some guys on Team We, some of the developers over there, they were able to help us come up with new ways of doing it, collaborating with the WebOps guys. And so really through just perseverance and collaboration, we will be able to keep going down the path, even though we've had multiple dead ends and roadblocks along the way. But at the end of the day, it's going to be one of those things that is going to help us make sure that our apps are you know, rebuildable, under source control, promotable, and then also be one of those things we'll share out with the GIS community as well. So pretty proud of that one. Hopefully we'll have a, a functioning model here by the end of this week. I don't have one that's come out of mind, but I know an experiment that I want to try. I want to do like a, a lead developer swap in our neighborhood. And I want to see, it'd be like, you know, if, if myself adjusted, if we, if we switched, we all rotated one spot, yeah. would we start freaking out? Like, like, why do you guys do that? 
that that makes no sense. Or you're like, oh, I can't get this project running. It has to be easier than this. Or, you know, just go, what do I, I don't want to look at a digital board, right? That's the first thing I'll do when mm -hmm. it can be over. So if your role was switched to another team, how would you, how would you work? Or right. would it, would it be such a roadblock that you never want to do it again? Or, or would you go, wow, I see things through different eyes because I, I see what other people are living through everything mm -hmm. from uh, every project's different, every team member's different, every every style of things that happen throughout a day, interaction with other people. I'd like to see that experiment to go through. Yeah, and then there's no reason why it would just have to be lead devs. There could be any sort Anyone, of any yeah. single threaded or even the devs themselves too. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be so cool. That, that, that's one of my future dreams. So earlier I was talking about a tool that uh, we're experimenting with right now called LaunchDarkly, and we're putting that into our new online real estate application. And that's going to do is be kind of a, a shift on how we do things today. Jeremy, you had mentioned earlier that you guys had users sit down and you kind of change the code as you went. Something we can do here is we can actually do rollouts and segments on users. So for example, if we have feature A and B, we want to see which one works better. We can actually segment that into like maybe if all Gmail users got a certain feature, you got free feature A, and everybody that had a FTSAmerica.com email got feature B, mm -hmm. and then you can kind of see how that plays back and collecting stats on that. Another thing that's in there that will be a little bit of a shift is how features or, or releases are done without actually deploying code, and that can actually be done by your business owners. So your code would actually be in there, and there's a dashboard that you know, you'd only have access to business owners or maybe developers on your yeah. team that the code's actually out in production and they can just flip a flag and then all of a sudden it's on for all the users. Oh, that yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting, but it'll be a shift in our process on how change management works and that kind of stuff when we deploy. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So Team Prime's gonna change something up a little bit for us this year. Like I said earlier, most of what we do is just kind of every day-to-day -day experimentation. Mm -hmm. uh, we chose this year as a team goal, uh, we all really want to learn more about machine learning. Uh, so we've chosen, kind of ties into our current project. So we're working on a, an application called Operation Scope, mm -hmm. which lets business relationship managers, FOs, collect some information about an operation. But one of the key items is how different customers relate to each other within an operation. In the past, in relationship, that information has been collected mostly, mostly in narrative form. So they have big text boxes and they just write in, give an example, John is an independent electrical contractor. He is semi-retired. He purchased 160 acres 17 years ago. John cash rents 160 acres to Randy and he leases a 400 head finishing barn to GN's farm. That's just a narrative mm -hmm. that's put into those text boxes. So what we're going to do is, as our team project for team goals this year, is to try to leverage machine learning to take that narrative information and create the records that show this customer relates to this customer because we extracted it from the narrative information. So we basically found a fairly narrow but rather deep topic that we could tackle, kind of relates to what we already know, and we're just going to say, okay, we're going to see how we're going to make that work. So that's, that's our experiment. It was actually discussed at the beginning of the project as a possibility, but it was too big for the MVP part. So we've just decided to tackle it as a as a team goal. Very cool. Well, thank you guys for joining me. This has been fun and interesting, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Yeah. Yay.